with another episode of Dynasty After Dark. I'm your host, Calvin Timms, and this week we are going to be recapping the week five of the ERI Dynasty League and covering week six previews. And I got to say, I'm doing this early on a Friday morning. I am not a morning person, so we'll see how this one goes. It could be a rough one, but uh, yeah, it was a pretty good week last week for the most part. And uh, yeah, definitely... A very spicy matchup ended up, uh, there's no more winless teams. I'll just put it that way. So before I jump into last week's recap, just wanted to thank you guys for listening to the podcast. With that said, let's get into last week's recap. So last week in the ERI Dynasty League, if you remember, I was fighting for my life. I had zero wins and finally was able to pull one out against Rick last week. So I go to one and four. Rick moves down to three and two. And I got to say, it was kind of of a blowout, but Rick got a little unlucky last week with a few of his starters being out, Calvin Ridley missing. Uh, So yeah, there's a few other factors in there. So it's not like Rick's team was terrible. It was just, he got really unlucky and I got kind of lucky. We finally saw the Kyle Pitts, just a tight end breakout. So that was pretty nice. Lenny Fournette, and we'll touch on him here in a little bit with it being Friday morning. Uh, Spoiler alert, he played last night and he was Lombardi Lenny yet again, but he was really good last week as well against Miami. Leonard Fournette has been uh, pretty good for a few weeks now consistently, and I finally had the guts to play him, so might as well be racking up those free points while I can. And uh, this, I, I put up 146 points, which is an average amount of points in our league. It's it's above average slightly. I think the actual average is about around 135. Most seasons this year, it might be a lot higher because everyone's just blowing out the scores. But uh, this was all without a quarterback because Daniel Jones, who I only needed five touchdowns from, got injured in like the first quarter going for a touchdown, ironically. Uh, but yeah, he, he got me like three points, four points or something like that. So once again, the quarterback curse continues, but at least I got a win, so I don't really care too much this week. So good game to Rick. Rick goes down to three and two. Um, we'll cover the standings here in just a minute, but it was uh, it was nice to finally get that monkey off my back and get that win here in the home league. And next we had Keelan versus James, and this one ended up being pretty close. I said that Keelan was going to have to pull a mat uh, a a rabbit out of his hat, you know, pull some magic tricks to have a chance in this one. And he almost did. Uh, if if James hadn't started Hollywood Brown against him, I'm pretty sure Lamar Jackson would have carried Keelan to a victory in this matchup. But man, Keelan has some star potential with his guys. Lamar Jackson putting up 44 points. Amazing week from him. And yeah, James had just a, a stud lineup of receivers this week, which was always his strength going into the season. But yeah, Hollywood Brown has been elite this year. I, I, I'm pretty mad at myself for trading him one year before the breakout. Uh, pretty dumb on my part. But Robert Woods, you know, he just got him in the trade for uh, for, for Chris Godwin. So yeah, I, I'm glad that Robert Woods was able to go off for you, but I would not expect this too often. So James now goes to 4-1. and one. Keelan is now 2-3. and three. I'm one game behind Keelan. I'm coming for the title of not last place anymore. So 
Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes here in the next couple of weeks, but yeah, I'm coming. It's the, the Rocky music. Dun, 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 dun. I'm coming up the board guys. You better watch out. All right. And then we had Jim versus Ken and Jim at this point had not gotten a victory. He also hilariously blew out Ken about the same that I blew out Rick. The, the score lines in this game, I think were, um, Ken had two more points than Rick, and Jim had two points less than me. So it was a very, very clean win for Jim. Uh, But it was just very funny to see how close and similar for me and Jim, who were both (laughs) winless teams last week, the last two winless teams, we both just absolutely dominated our opponent this week. And uh, Jim, I still probably would have won. Well, I definitely would have won by two points, but uh, it's just foreshadowing for this week when we play each other. So... Just a just a foreshadow that a little bit here. So Jim now has a win. Ken is now one and four. Uh, these two teams are tied, but Jim's team is a is a hell of a lot better even than mine at one and four because he is I think the number one guy. But we'll cover that in the standings. Then we had Ryan going up against Braden, and it I feel really bad for people playing Ryan right now because how many times now have we seen guys just put up absolutely massive performances? who would have won against almost the entire league except for the fact that they were playing Ryan this year. And that's just, it's so unfair. I feel bad for you, Braden. Uh, it's just, yep, it's its not fair, but Braden is now 1-4, tied with me, Ken, and Jim. But yeah, Ryan is the only w- lossless team. He's undefeated, and uh, I don't know if that's going to stop anytime soon. We're going to have to wait for the Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry bye weeks for that to actually have a chance of happening. So, yep, good game to Ryan. Tough break there, Braden, but there's always next time. And then in the last matchup, actually what was one of the more interesting matchups for the week, we had Eric going up against Dan. Uh, Dan's team is still a powerhouse, but just like the the standings last year at the end of the year, Eric finished out just ahead of Dan in this game. And uh, hopefully that continues this year. You know, maybe Dan can get seventh place and Eric can get sixth, you know, just just ahead of him at the end of the year. But uh, yeah, Eric's team is looking pretty good. Josh Allen, Mike Williams, those two are just carrying Eric to a to a title this year. It seems like those guys are just elite right now. Um, Mike Williams, a little unexpected this year, but man, he is he's been pretty elite. And then Josh Allen, he's just he is uh, white Cam Newton, and he is extremely good at it. So you know, you can't complain too much. He's uh, very, very, very talented. So as a Patriots fan, it kind of sucks to have him in my division for the next 20 years. Uh, I love Mac Jones, but comparing Mac Jones to Josh Allen just isn't even close. So uh, good game to Eric. Hopefully Josh Allen can continue the rocket ship trend that he's on towards the moon, uh, but we'll see going forward. So that leaves Eric at four and one and Dan at three and two. Dan's falling down the standings. It's it's the year to beat Dan, guys. Actually, to be honest, the one we should be worried about is Ryan because he's won like three times, two times. I don't even know, but the fact that it's Ryan and, and Dan just trading off every other year, it's kind of annoying. But yeah, hopefully somebody can bring down the giant that is Ryan. It's uh, not looking likely, but you know, there's always a chance. All right, now we jump over to the standings, and again, Ryan is in first place because he's the only uh, undefeated team that is left 5-0. and 
In second place is actually James, who's been killing it. He's been rising up the boards by a very, very slim margin of a touchdown over Eric. So one touchdown is all that separates these guys between second and third. But these guys are tied for second and third. Uh, Both of them are four and one. And yeah, it's going to be an interesting race to see how these two finish at the end of the year. In fourth place, we got Dan. Um, Dan's been killing it. He's smashing everybody except Ryan in points, but he's just kind of getting a couple lucky lucky losses. I'll, I'll call him lucky because I don't want Dan to win. So uh, lucky losses here this year. Him and Rick are both three and two. Rick is in fifth place. Dan is in fourth. Keelan is still the sole sixth place <laughs> owner at this point um he's two and three everyone else is one and four there's four teams tied at one and four we got jim in seventh Braden in eighth myself in ninth i'm not in last place anymore and then ken has finally assumed his position at the bottom of the standings uh and like i said it's the rocky music guys i'm coming i'm climbing up that board i'm gonna be doing it hopefully eventually and i just gotta point out too (laughs) this year has been nuts because a lot of the leagues that I'm in, most of you guys know I'm in quite a few leagues, but I am like top two in points against top two Mm -hmm. or three in points against in almost every single league this year. It's just nuts how people have been just scoring all over me. But yeah, I am just completely underwater in points against Ryan is second in points against. And if he wasn't the number one in points for he, his record would look so much differently. So good job, guys. We've been uh, we've been putting up a fight against Ryan, but man, we just need his team to take a slight step back. That'd be that'd be nice. So um, those are the standings going into week six. And the nice thing is, like I said last week, uh, last year's zero and four was, or this year's zero and four was last year's zero and three. So or yeah, you get the saying. So we'll see how. The league shakes out as we move forward towards the end of the year. We still got plenty of time left to make up ground, and there's going to be a lot of shifting as we start to start to get into bye weeks. This week is actually the first week of bye weeks, so uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna change quite a bit, and we'll see how that ultimately goes. Now, this week in the waivers were very very boring, but I gotta say. What the heck, guys? You guys were just trying to snipe me, I guess, uh, going for the guys that I wanted. But um, yeah, we had... Actually, I'm just kidding. That was redraft, not this league, not this league. I think in redraft, all the guys that I wanted got sniped literally this week. So that was fun. But in this league, uh, we had myself dropping Hayden Hurst for Mo Alley Cox. I have no tight end this week with Dallas Goddard out because of COVID and then Hayden, or, uh, Hayden Hurst and... Kyle Pitts on by both of them being for Atlanta. So that was fun. So I had to pick up a tight end, uh, picked up Gigantor Mo Ali Cox for the Colts. Hopefully he does something. I'm not holding my breath too much, but I just need like not a goose egg. So hopefully we'll see, I guess. Uh, Dan ended up adding Ben Roethlisberger. He's hoping that Ben can replace Russell Wilson. And I'm sorry for your loss, Dan, because it's never going to happen. Uh, ben is is burnt toast at this point in his career, so uh, it's kind of funny to watch you struggle in that department, but yeah, I, I almost feel bad for you at the same time, so uh, my condolences for losing Russell Wilson. Uh, then we got Rick adding Ricky Seals-Jones, dropping Cameron Brape. 
James added uh, Darrell Williams from Kansas City. That was actually a pretty good add considering the fact that uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is out now and James now owns him. So, ha, I don't have to deal with it anymore. Sucker. Uh, And then we had Eric adding the Bengals defense. That's going to be interesting. I wonder if he's starting them this week. He must have a, a defense on by. And then he dropped Devonta Freeman, the Baltimore running back. So kind of a slow week. Um, this is what we're kind of getting used to as the weeks go through here in Dynasty. There's really not too much on the waivers, but there's a few pieces every single week. So that's the uh, that's the nice little uh, ads for the week. We'll see the sneaky ads, whether that Bengals defense can do anything. But yeah. Hopefully, I can still pull out a win this week without a tight end and starting my Mo Cox Gigantor for my team. So that said, let's get into the week six preview. And like I said, the one nice thing about doing this on a Friday morning is I have a little bit of hindsight into last night's game. And I got to say, this was a full gut call yesterday, but I started Leonard Fournette and Boy, oh boy, am I sure glad I did. So first off, we have myself going up against Jim. We are playing off, and this is why I thought it was so funny that we both scored about the same and our opponents scored about the same last week. I just kind of set up the perfect matchup going into this week. And yeah, both of us are one and four, hoping for a win. And I I gotta say, I'm nervous because Leonard Fournette is setting me up to feel like I'm gonna win this week. And I just feel like Herbert could pull the rug right out from under me and completely screw me. But I guess we'll find out as time goes on. Uh, But yeah, right now it is looking very good for myself. So at quarterback, I have Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, uh, cursed quarterback position going up against Justin Herbert for Jim. This is a I'm even even if Daniel Jones plays, I'm going to say this is an easy win for Jim in this category. Justin Herbert has been playing on fire so far this season. He's going up against Baltimore. Daniel Jones is going up against the Rams. Not a great matchup on paper as it is, but you know, with the way that my roster is shaking out, I got uh, Trey Lance on by, and he might not even be the starter if he is. Daniel Jones against the Rams, and then I got the uh, Ryan Tannehill experiment up against Uh, Buffalo on Monday night so really not loving that at all so we'll we'll just roll with Daniel Jones and just see what happens this week but not looking forward to it a ton to be honest with you and definitely think that Jim has the advantage here and I gotta say my quarterback curse what what is going on here come on guys let's break this curse we cut Baker Mayfield so we should be all better now if (laughs) I swear Baker Mayfield's about to go off for about like 45 points this week because I cut him. So just letting you know, Brian, as a Browns fan, you should you should love that. So running backs, though, I think I definitely have the advantage here. Um, Jim is dealing with some injuries at his running backs, and it's not looking too great. And he's also got Kamara on a bye, caught him on a good week. But I am starting Leonard Fournette, who put up a 30-burger against the Philadelphia Eagles last night. Gotta love that. And Dalvin Cook going up against Carolina. Dalvin Cook hopefully finally healthy. We'll see, I guess. But loving the fact that Leonard Fournette gave me a good advantage there already as my RB1. Going up against Melvin Gordon going against the Raiders. Gordon is actually dealing with a knee injury still right now. 
And then Devonta Booker against the Rams. Uh, not really loving that too much. I know Devonta Booker is very exciting as a Saquon handcuff, but he's just not the talent that Saquon is, and this is not a great matchup, to be honest with you. Even if Saquon was in against the Rams, I wouldn't be too thrilled, and then you give me his backup against the Rams, not super excited there. So I think I have the advantage, especially with a 30-burger from Fournette. So if Dalvin Cook can come through and put up about 20-22, I'll be pretty happy in the running back position this week. Now, wide receiver, this is where... (laughs) Okay, we'll call it a wash. Um, I'm not going to jinx myself too much, but he had Mike Evans up against my Chris Godwin this week. Godwin actually got 9.3 points last week or last night, and Mike Evans got 4.7. So neither one of us really went off. Neither one of us really bombed. I won technically with Godwin, but yeah, we'll, we'll call that a wash because uh, the other guy he started is DK Metcalf up against Pittsburgh. Which is terrifying. I know it is with Geno Smith, but the fact that it's Geno actually makes me more scared of DK this week because Russ loved to go to Tyler Lockett. He had that perfect touch on the ball where he could get it in anywhere. And uh, I don't think that Geno Smith has that. And he's just going to force feed DK like 15 targets this week. And that absolutely terrifies me. And then I got Keenan Allen going up against Baltimore on Sunday. So that'll be a fun matchup. Baltimore has not been the defense that they've been the last couple of years, but Keenan Allen has not been getting the, he's been getting a ton of targets, but he's not really getting the yardage that he used to get with those targets. So um, I think Keenan Allen is solid. I think he's going to be just fine, but I am terrified of DK Metcalf. Um, I was talking about a 30 burger from Leonard Fournette. I could see a 30 or 40 burger from Metcalf this week, which would be absolutely deflating right there. So we'll see how that ultimately shakes out. Again, that's why I wanted to call Evans versus Godwin basically a wash. We'll see how the wide receiver twos for both of our team do this week. All right, tight end. He's got TJ Hawkinson against my Mo Alley Cox. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is dealing with the knee injury still, which is good to know. Uh, I don't wish injury on anybody, but if I'm going to play against TJ Hawkinson, at least it's a week that he hopefully will be bad, you know, um, just kind of hoping to get my wins racked up. And yeah, I get in a p- quick preview for next week. I get to play Eric, who's been absolutely on fire this this year with no Josh Allen. So I'm excited about that. We'll, we'll talk about that next week. But yeah, if I'm going to start racking up wins, I need to start getting a little bit of luck here. And uh, TJ Hawkinson with knee injury. If he was fully healthy, I would 100% say Hawkinson with him hobbled. It might be about a wash here, which is all I need for this week. All right, and then this is where I think I have the biggest advantage um, this week is the flex position. I am going to be rocking CeeDee Lamb against New England and DeAndre Swift against Cincinnati, up against Jared Cook against Baltimore, again, stacking that with Herbert, and Chase Claypool up against Seattle. Claypool against Seattle is pretty nasty, uh, but I think DeAndre Swift against Cincinnati is also pretty nasty. And the CeeDee Lamb versus New England, on paper that sounds scary, but New England is known for one thing. They take away your number one option. And the best thing about CeeDee Lamb this year, he has not been Dak's number one option. It's been Amari Cooper. 
I think that they are going to completely eliminate Amari Cooper in this matchup. And I love that because that means it might even be Zeke. To be honest with you, they might try and shut down Zeke. They're only going to shut down one weapon. That's the one benefit of being the Cowboys. They have so many freaking weapons. You can't stop them. Uh, but it's either going to be Amari or it's going to be Zeke. Hopefully it's Zeke just to mess with Dan a little bit. But if it's not Zeke, it's going to be Amari, which is hopefully going to leave C.D. Lamb just free to run all over my team, which is sad to, that I'm rooting for that. But C.D. Lamb, I'm hoping for a finally a bounce back week this week. We'll see how that ultimately shakes out. All right, in the second matchup, we have Ken up against Ryan, and this is going to be the easiest walk in the park of all of them this week, probably. It's already off to a horrible start for Ken in this matchup. Uh, he had Jalen Rager and Ryan Suckup go last night for a combined total of four points. Uh, not what you're looking for from those two, but yeah, it, it's going to be a rough matchup going up against Ryan in any normal week. And then, yeah, when you get a zero bomb goose egg from Jalen Rager, it does not help anything. So quarterback wise, we got Matt Stafford up against the Giants and Kyler Murray up against Cleveland. Kyler Murray, it's a little bit of a tougher matchup for him. The Giants have been a little bit easier, but yeah, I, I still give the slight advantage to Murray so far in this matchup. It's just, yeah, he, his mobility is what gives him such a distinct advantage in fantasy football right now. Running backs, we got Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry for Ryan up against James Robinson and Miles Gaskin. These two are actually playing each other. Uh, but yeah, I got to give the advantage again to to Ryan here. A little bit closer. Uh, Derrick Henry is up against Buffalo. Nick Chubb is up against Arizona. Those two teams have been pretty good up front. And James Robinson is a stud. He is just a very good player. Miles Gaskin was very good last week. But they're playing in London. I just don't think that they can compete with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry might have like 500 yards in this game. It's just, it's impossible to stop him, it seems like, at this point in his career. Everyone's waiting for him to finally fall off like Tom Brady, but it's just not showing any signs of happening anytime soon. So, all right, wide receiver, we got Adam Thielen and Jalen Rager for Ken. Again, Rager put up the goose egg zero points last night. <laughs> Had a couple good targets, though, to be honest with you, but just couldn't pull him in. And then Adam Thielen going up against Carolina. And then on the other side, we got Devontae Adams up against Chicago and DJ Moore against Minnesota, and that is absolutely terrifying because Devontae Adams is just, I mean, he's the only option for Green Bay. Just double, t triple team him. What are they going to do? It's They have nobody else. How is the NFL this dense? Just triple team Devontae Adams and just take away everything else. They have no one else. Aaron Jones, that's it. I mean, they've got two weapons on this team. Oh, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills over here. So yeah, definite advantage there to Ryan in this week's matchup. The tight end position is a little bit more interesting. We got Dawson Knox, who Ryan paid up for last week on the waivers, and looks like it was worth it because he has just been on fire this year, and he is going up against Tennessee on Monday night. And then we got Dalton Schultz up against New England. Dalton Schultz might be sneakily very, very good this week. He might have like seven or eight catches for 100 yards and a touchdown just because they might need him if they remove Amari Cooper. Again, it all depends on 
who New England really wants to shut down if they go heavy on the line to shut down Zeke. Um, Dalton Schultz might be more impacted by that because he'll have to block a little bit more just to prevent them from getting a Dak. Because if they're trying to shut down Zeke, uh, if Zeke's not getting the ball, that means they're trying to shut down Dak at that point because they're going to have like six or seven guys rushing the quarterback every single play, which is above average, I'll say. So uh, we'll see how Dalton Schultz ultimately does in this one. He might be very good and he might be absolutely horrible. We'll, it, he's, there's no in-between in this one. Um, then we got the flexes. We got Cortland Sutton and DeAndre Hopkins for Dan. It's just so disgusting. His team is disgusting. This is it's ridiculous. Shameful that we let him get this way, guys. Come on. Cut it out. Stop making trades with Ryan. And then we got Noah Fant and Jalen Waddle. I do like Jalen Waddle up against Jacksonville this week, especially with Tua coming back. Uh, Noah Fant is interesting going up against Vegas, but going when you compare that to DeAndre Hopkins or Cortland Sutton, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's just it's so heavily in Ryan's favor that it's not funny, but yeah, can't, can't, can't complain too much. If you're Ryan this week, got a pretty easy matchup, but good luck, Kenton. Uh, it's a David versus Goliath situation and I have no faith in you, but I'm still pulling for you. So yeah, that's going to be a fun one. We'll, we'll stay tuned next week and see how that ultimately shakes out. All right. In the next matchup, we have Keelan the sole owner of sixth place. There's no one else with a two and three record. Keelan is the unicorn of the league. You know, the only other person with a single record is Ryan at five and oh. So, you know, you're second in that category, Keelan, but there's only looking up for you. And he's going up against Braden, who is one and four. So if Braden wins this, Keelan, you'll no longer be tied with only yourself. You'll you'll be tied with other people. You'll be tied with quite a few people, actually, because one of me and Jim are going to be two and three as well. So you got to win this one and then hope all the four and ones win as well to keep your unicorn record all by yourself. So good luck to Keelan in this one. But Braden is coming strong. Keelan started strong. He started uh, Zach Ertz and Antonio Brown last night. So that was not too bad. Got 37.2 points last night. So can't complain too much right there. Now, when you look at the quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson against the Chargers, Joe Burrow against Detroit. Detroit is a very easy matchup for Joe Burrow, but the mobility of Lamar Jackson, the fact that he's been balling out this year, got to give the advantage there to Lamar. It's just not fair when you got a rushing quarterback like these guys, like Kyler, like Lamar, hopefully like Trey Lance someday when he is, he takes the training wheels off and is the actual starter for the team. But yeah, mobile quarterbacks just wreck it. And what we saw last week with Joe Burrow He's not very mobile, and if uh, he's kind of scared to take off running with that brace on his knees. So, yeah, definitely give the advantage there to Lamar Jackson. Running back position, I also give the advantage to Braden this week. He's got Austin Eckler and Kareem Hunt. I know I said that Nick Chubb against Arizona was not that great, but that's because Nick Chubb doesn't get utilized in the passing game. I think Kareem Hunt has been very good this year. First off, he's been extremely good. And then secondly... He's going to be able to find the the pockets underneath in this defense, and I think that Baker's going to utilize him quite a bit this week. Up against Zach Moss and Chris Carson for Keelan. Carson against Pittsburgh, that is terrifying. And then Zach Moss against Tennessee, that's fine. Uh, but the problem is Buffalo is a pass-first team who really don't like to rely on the running backs unless they have to. So 
that's not great there. Now, give the advantage to Braden in that category, but where it starts to get a little spicy is the wide receivers. Um, Keelan, making a rookie mistake, had Antonio Brown in the flex, so we're not going to talk about him just yet. But we got Terry McLaurin and Tyler Lockett for Keelan going up against Christian Kirk and Michael Pittman for Braden. Pittman against Houston, Kirk against Cleveland. Um, Again, Seattle is going up against Pittsburgh. And then Terry McLaurin, sneaky, sneaky play here of him going up against Kansas City. They're going to need to pass in that game to keep up because the Washington defense, which everyone thought was going to be elite, has been awful this year. So Kansas City is going to put up a ton of points. Washington's only hope in this game is to score a ton of points as well. So on paper, definitely give the advantage to Keelan's wide receivers. Um, Michael Pittman has been looking very good, but Christian Kirk, you never know what you're going to get. If it's going to be a D-hop week, if it's going to be an A.J. Green week, if it's going to be a Rondale Moore week, you never know. So it's, it's hard to put a lot of faith in Christian Kirk there. Now, tight end, we got Travis Kelsey for Braden going up against Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz had 12.9 points. I don't think that's going to be too hard for Travis Kelsey to beat up against Washington. Um, yeah, I think that Travis Kelsey is ultimately going to get more than 12.9 points, so I'm going to very confidently say the advantage goes to Keelan in that ca- or to Braden in that category. All right, now the two flexes, like I said, Keelan making the rookie mistake, put, Anto- put two Browns, two A Browns, AJ Brown and Antonio Brown in his flex this week. And he's going up against Mark Andrews and Joe Mixon. Mark Andrews had like 50 points last week. It was pretty disgusting for a tight end. Uh, yeah, that was just a nuts week last week. Uh, again, they're going up against the Chargers. Joe Mixon up against Detroit. That's a good matchup for Joe Mixon. Really like that. But the question is, can these two guys outscore Antonio Brown's 24 points plus whatever A.J. Brown's going to add to the mix. A.J. Brown is up against Buffalo. He hasn't been that good this year so far. He's been a little bit, uh, he's been a little hobbled, you know. He's been beat up quite a bit. And then other than week one, he hasn't had over 6.8 points. in, Or sorry, 7.3 is his second highest point game on the year. And then only in week one has he broken double digits. So he's not been elite like everyone thought he was going to be this year. And that's kind of a, a mystery of why that's happening. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe it's because he missed so much of training camp and preseason. But yeah, it uh, hopefully and A.J. Brown will get back to being what he was. But yeah, it, it'll be close in this flex. I call it pretty much 50-50. Antonio Brown putting up 24 points definitely gives him a good head start in this matchup. But we literally saw last week Mark Andrews put up 50 points, so it's entirely possible that he could do something similar yet again. So it's hard to call either way for these two guys. And A.J. Brown is too talented to completely write off in this matchup. So I'm going to call that a wash. It's a little bit of a hedge right there, but you know I, I don't know which one to pick. I'd probably give this slight advantage still to Braden just because those two guys are, are starter caliber players that are in his in his flex, so uh, might give him the slight advantage right there. Now we go over to the next matchup, which is going to be Eric versus Rick. And Rick is trying to come back after starting so hot in this season. I think he was like 3-1 and one at one point. Now he's 3-2, and two, and uh, 
it's starting to slowly slide off the rails a little bit for Rick here. So he's looking for a correction, a bounce back week. Up against Eric, not a great bounce back week candidate, but, you know, Eric uh, has been a little bit up and down. You know, he's mostly been up. I think his one loss is the week that he was down, but we'll see if he can ultimately come down off the pedestal that is amazing. Third place right now, but like I said, he's only one touchdown behind James for second, and yeah, their points are just massive this year. So Eric is definitely the favorite in this one, and it definitely helps when Rick started out Devonta Smith last night, and he got five points. So yeah, definitely giving the advantage there to Eric just to start off right there, and then also we'll see how the players shake out as we get into this. All right, quarterback, we got Josh Allen for Eric, like I said, I get to play Eric without him next week, which is great. I think Las Vegas is out next week, too, so I don't got to play against Josh Jacobs. Uh, Dallas is out next week, so I don't got to play against Mari Cooper. Uh, no Darren Waller. It's going to be a great week to play Eric next week. I'm not going to lie. He's got no Mike Williams. I know I'm hurting, too. I'm losing a couple guys, but, man, I'm so excited to play Eric next week. He's got Josh Allen going up against Taylor Heineke against Kansas City. Um, this one, I know that Josh Allen is the favorite. He's extremely talented. He's got that rushing upside, like I said, that breaks fantasy football. But Taylor Heineke actually has quite a bit of mobility. And he's going up against Kansas City, which means he's going to have to throw a ton to keep up in this game. So I actually kind of like Taylor Heineke this week. Um, I think that he has the potential for a massive game. And last week, I think, was Taylor Heineke's only bad performance for fantasy. He's been above 20. Other than week one where he didn't start, he came in like in the third or fourth quarter of that game. He had 10 points in that game. But the next three games, he was all he was above 21 points every single game until last week against New Orleans, who do have a an above average defense, unlike Kansas City, who is the number 32 ranked defense right now. So I think that Taylor Heineke could be sneakily very, very good in this game. And I think Josh Allen might not be as necessary against Tennessee as Heineke will be in this one. So I still give the advantage to Eric in this one, but I think it's a lot closer than what the projections state on ESPN. Now, running backs, we got Najee Harris for uh, for Rick and Javante Williams. Najee against Seattle, Javante against Vegas. That's pretty good. The biggest problem with Javante is just Melvin Gordon. Is Melvin Gordon going to play? Hopefully not because I'm playing against him with Jim. So, you know, hopefully Melvin Gordon misses a little bit of time there. But then uh, Eric's got Antonio Gibson up against Kansas City. Again, they're going to have to score quite a bit against Kansas City. Love that right there. But then Josh Jacobs up against Denver. Um, on paper, I think I give the ever so slight advantage to Rick in the running back position. Um, it's pretty close, like 50-50, but I'd probably say like 45-55 to Rick there. Uh, Najee against Seattle, they're going to be putting up a ton of points. They're going to be up early in that game, is my opinion, and they're going to be able to just run the clock with Najee quite a bit in that game. I wouldn't be shocked if Najee Harris has like 30 touches in this game. So the volume is going to be there for Najee. And Josh Jacobs up against Denver is a pretty tough matchup for Eric. So that's not great there. Josh Jacobs still kind of recovering from the injury. Uh, the the Gruden story that nobody really saw coming is going to impact this team quite a bit as well. Um, there's always those rare, those really rare 
wins where teams cut their head coach or they fire him or whatever, and uh, then they they rally after the coach is gone and win a game. But I don't know if that's going to be the case up against Denver this week. They're they've been a very very good defense, so we'll see there. Um, Javante Williams again, just covering on him. The, the biggest problem for him is Melvin Gordon. Is he going to be active or not? If Melvin Gordon's out, then Javante all day. Uh, but these two have like a literal 50-50 timeshare. Javante and Melvin Gordon are like almost 50-50 on the touches, the passes, everything. So uh, that's the biggest problem is just there's another guy literally stealing half of Javante's work where he could double his production if he was gone. So um, I like Javante long term, but yeah, right now he's just struggling because of Melvin Gordon. And then Antonio Gibson against Kansas City Definite advantage there over Javante. Um, of the four, I think that Najee is probably number one, and Antonio Gibson is probably a very, very close number two there. Um, up against Kansas City, their defense has been trash, and again, they need to score a ton of points. So Antonio Gibson might be very heavily involved. The only thing that scares me is if Kansas City gets up early, they might go away from the run. Which they, which if they do that, um, if Washington goes away from the run, they've been going to McKissick quite a bit in the passing game for the running backs, which might ultimately really hurt Gibson this week. All right, now wide receivers, we got Devonta Smith for Rick and Emmanuel Sanders. Manny Sanders has been very good this year, up against Amari Cooper and Brandon Cooks. Amari uh, Cooper up against New England and Cooks against Indy. Um, Devonta Smith got five points, so that puts Rick already at a disadvantage here. Like I said earlier with uh, with the New England matchup, the biggest question is, is Amari Cooper going to get shut down or is it going to be Zeke? Uh, it's only going to be one of these two. If it is Amari Cooper, this really hurts Eric. If it's Zeke, it really hurts Dan. So I don't know who it's going to be, but yeah, that's the biggest question there. So um, other than that, though, I still give the advantage to Eric in this matchup. Brandon Cook's I think should be just fine against Indy. Emmanuel Sanders should be just fine against Tennessee, but the fact that you only got five from Devonta Smith just puts you at such a disadvantage there that it's hard to overcome. All right, now the tight end position, we got Darren Waller up against Denver and Ricky Seals-Jones up against Kansas City for Washington. Uh, Taylor Heineke does like the, the tight end position, so that should be just fine. I don't see too many issues there. Uh, again, I keep repeating it, but they're going to need to score quite a few points. So, yeah, Ricky Seals-Jones might be a sneaky good play this week. He was okay last week, but Darren Waller should have the advantage even up against Denver. He hasn't been elite the last couple of weeks, but he's been good. He's been solid. Uh, we just need him to, yeah, have a bounce back week. Again, they have those weird weeks where they lose the head coach and then everything gets better, but we'll see if that is this week or not. All right, now the flex, definite advantage to Eric. And uh, I tried to claim Tony last week, and Eric ultimately kept him. I was kind of hoping that he'd let me have him. But, yeah, we saw what Tony can do. He's He's been sneakily pretty impressive so far. I know he's the one, like, rookie nobody wanted to touch, including myself. I thought he was just – I thought he was the easiest bust of all time, the easiest bust prediction of all time for this year's draft class. But – he has been showing out the last couple of weeks. So I, I have, I've been very impressed by Tony. Um, and then Mike Williams, he's just been impressive all year. I know he's dealing with a slight injury, I think a hip injury, but 
I think he'll be fine. Uh, as long as he's healthy enough to play, I'm playing him uh, in my lineup. So yeah, definite advantage there for for Eric in the flex position. Those guys are pretty nasty so far this year. Up against Rick has Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro. They're great PPR options, but they're just not going to get it done in a matchup like this. You need killers in this matchup. You know, you need guys that are going to be able to. They have a high ceiling essentially to compete with Mike Williams and Kadarius Tony. Um, Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro are two guys that are very solid. They're going to have very high floors, but they have like very low ceilings essentially, right? They're they 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 live on a one story. They you know it's an elevated one story. Um, there's a high, like I said, high floor, low ceiling, but someone like Mike Williams, he's in a three story. He's got, he's got the, uh, the first floor, it's not elevated, it's on ground level. And then, but it can go up to the third story, you know? So he can definitely, uh, definitely outshadow Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro. He might outscore both of them combined this week. We'll see. But yeah, that's the advantage there for Eric is the flex position and Tony Man, I mean, he had 10 catches last week, and then he got thrown out for throwing a punch. He he has a lot of potential. He looks extremely good, and it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Kadarius Tony was extremely explosive last week, so I think that was the most impressive thing. He was open quite a bit as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'm rising on him quite a bit as the year goes on. So I'm starting to love that pick quite a bit more than I did originally, but... Yeah, it is. Uh, it's looking good there for Eric in this matchup. All right, and then the last matchup for the week, we got Dan up against James, and I've been hammering on Dan quite a bit this year, and I'm not gonna stop, uh, James. Hopefully, you pull this one out. I know you're the favorite. You are second place so far. Dan does have more points scored on the year, but I'm pulling for James in this matchup. We got Patrick Mahomes for James up against Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Dan is the, the victim of quite a few injuries this year. He's lost Cam Akers. He's lost Russell Wilson, uh, Will Fuller. You love to see it. Well, you don't love to see it cause you love these players, but he's lost Christian McCaffrey. Uh, it's just been very good to see Dan's team take a, take a slight step back. Now, if only Dan, you got to pass that injury luck off onto Ryan so we can see his team take a slight step back here in the next couple weeks, you know, the end of the season. But yeah, we got Patrick Mahomes for James up against Ben Roethlisberger. Patrick Mahomes against Washington. Definite advantage there. Roethlisberger looks cooked half the time he's playing. Uh, He just looks really bad. So easy, easy advantage there to Mahomes. Now where it gets interesting, again, I keep hammering on this, but Dan is playing Jonathan Taylor, who's been very, very good. I think that against Houston, it's a positive matchup. That'll be perfectly fine. Um, and Zeke Elliott against New England. I keep hammering this. Who does New England take out of the game? I personally think it's going to be Zeke. Um, I think that they're going to say pass on us and and do it through the air, put it all on Dak. Uh, Zeke has been elite the last couple weeks. He started pretty slow, but he picked it up real quick. Up against Daryl Williams, uh, the Kansas City running back, and Aaron Jones uh, against Chicago. Yeah, Daryl Williams with Clyde out is actually pretty interesting. If Clyde was still in, there's no chance in hell you're playing Daryl Williams. Anyway, you're just going to play Clyde, but I think that he could be sneakily pretty good. Um, And then Aaron Jones up against Chicago, more than fine. Green Bay, 
Nobody seems to understand how to shut down the Packers. Just take Devontae Adams out, take Aaron Jones out, and you probably have an easy victory, but nobody does that. So they just play man-to-man on Devontae Adams and let him cook you for 15 catches a game. It's It's been amazing. All these people say, oh, you don't know how to coach an NFL team. They They have to be the smartest people in the world. Yeah, okay. Yep, yep. Everyone knows that their only wide receiver is Devontae Adams, yet nobody double teams them. Maybe they're not the smartest people. Just throwing that out there. Um, so, yeah, definite advantage there to Dan, though, in the running back position. We'll see, again, how Zeke does this week. But, yeah, it's it. Dan's team is still pretty loaded, despite <laughs> even if Zeke gets shut down, it's going to be a tough matchup for James in this one. All right, wide receiver, we got Tyreek Hill up against Washington. Not scared there at all. And Cooper Cup against the Giants, not scared there at all either for Dan. They force-fed Robert Woods the the ball quite a bit last week, and I don't think that's sustainable. Robert Woods was open on basically every catch he had last week, but it just didn't produce the same as when you force-feed Cooper Cup the ball. Uh, Cooper Cup is just such an after-contact monster like after the catch monster he just picks up so many yards after the catch where Robert Woods catches it and just basically goes down so it's a difference in play style I think that they're going to need that a little bit more in Cooper Cup this week so I am leaning with him over Robert Woods which ironically James is starting Robert Woods um, and James is starting four wide receivers this week which you love to see but his starting wide receivers are Deontay Johnson and Jamar Chase Chase against Detroit Love that matchup right there. Jamar Chase has looked extremely good, and he's just starting to get rolling. And Deontay Johnson against Seattle. I think Johnson, without Juju, is going to be a PPR machine. Um, Is he enough to keep up with Tyreek Hill and Cooper Cup? Maybe. Tyreek Hill has kind of regressed a little bit to his rookie season Tyreek Hill, where it's one amazing week, and then one terrible week, and then one amazing week. And yeah, we'll see which one we get this week from Tyreek. But yeah, Deontay Johnson, I love him quite a bit and Jamar Chase are both very, very solid options. Slight advantage to Dan in the wide receivers, but I think that James can definitely compete right there. Very like 55-45 again difference there. Now, tight end, this is kind of sketchy. Um, Mike Gusecki for Dan up against Jacksonville in London Sunday morning, uh, and Evan Ingram versus the Rams for James. James needs a tight end in the worst way. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. Definite advantage there to Mike Kosecki this week. All right, flex position. We got Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs for Dan up against Hollywood Brown and Robert Woods. Robert Woods, again, he got force fed the ball quite a bit, but I don't see that being sustainable every single week. Hollywood Brown, though, has been extremely good this year. Again, I'm kicking myself for getting out one year too early on him. And yeah, not loving that too much. But Justin Jefferson is a stud. Stephon Diggs has been good. He's not been elite, but he's been solid. So I I call this pretty much a wash there. Um, Probably an advantage to Dan there as well. Justin Jefferson kind of just, I think Justin Jefferson a little bit better than Hollywood Brown this week. And Stephon Diggs a little bit better than Robert Woods. So I've got to give the slight advantage to Dan in that category. So very interesting matchup. Um, Dan is falling down the board quite a bit the last couple weeks. He started three and zero. Now he's three and two. Or I don't. I think he was three and zero. Maybe not. But he has been falling down. A couple losses 
so far. And then he's got another powerhouse matchup that he's against this week in James. James 4-1. and one. This is going to have a big impact on the standings, whoever wins this one. So I'm interested to see how this one ultimately shakes out. So uh, that said, now it is time to finally get to work this morning. Uh, early morning podcast has not been fun. Hopefully I didn't do too terribly at it, but let me know what your guys' thoughts are. And good luck this week. And like I said, the comeback is coming. dun 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 Dun-dun, dun-dun. We'll see you guys later. Have a good night.